0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Coffee
1: Week Italian, Season
0: 3,
1: Episode 22. Buongiorno a tutti, benvenuti a Coffee Break Italian. Io sono Mark.
2: Ciao a tutti, e io sono Francesca.
1: Come stai Francesca?
2: Ciao Mark, molto bene, grazie, ma tu piuttosto come stai?
1: Adesso tutto bene, sono stato un po' ammalato, ma adesso molto meglio.
2: Uh, lo so, mi dispiace, pomerino, ma sono contenta <laughs> che tu stia meglio.
1: Ah, a lovely subjunctive there. Sono contenta, or in my case, contento. But you said sono contenta che tu stia meglio. Sì. So using stare and using the nice subjunctive form of stare. Now, I have to say that my 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 illness was not subjunctivitis. I didn't catch subjunctivitis <laughs> after lesson 13, 21. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what we were talking about in lesson 21 and uh, now we're going to take that further and talk a little more about the subjunctive today. Sí. Any particular aspect?
2: We are going to focus on the present tense of the subjunctive in this episode, Mark.
1: Okay, we need to remember the subjunctive is a mood, it's not a tense, and therefore as a mood it has different tenses within it. And therefore today we're going to look at the present subjunctive. Allora, bando alle ciance
2: Sì, sí, Mark, come sempre diamo inizio alle danze!
1: Okay, Francesca, can you explain a little about how we form the present subjunctive?
2: Okay, the present subjunctive, like uh, uh, the tenses we have seen in the indicative, uh, has uh, regular endings, uh, which we can uh, uh, learn and then apply to uh, most of the verbs we are using in the present subjunctive. There are also some irregular uh, verbs, as always, in Italian, but we will see them later on in the episode. For the moment, I would say we can focus on the regular endings to form the present
1: Okay, and I think one of the other things that's important to say is that we'll recognize lots of patterns. There are some patterns that we're already familiar with, but we'll also see other patterns as we become more familiar with these verbs.
2: Sì, sí, esatto, Mark. And the good thing about the present subjunctive is that there is only one ending for the three singular forms. So for io, tu, lui and lei, we only have to learn one ending which works for the three of them.
1: Great news to begin with. Excellent. OK, let's take <laughs> an are verb to begin with, a regular are verb like parlare, our or old faithful parlare to speak.
2: Sí. Okay, so uh, the regular ending for ARE verbs in the present subjunctive is uh, uh, e or the English uh, I. Okay,
1: so if we take PARLARE, then that form would be PARLI. So you're saying that we use that same word for the IO, TU, and LUI, LEI forms.
2: Si, esatto, Mark, and we don't have to get confused with the present uh, indicative, when we say tu parli, that's a matter of fact. For example, Mark, tu parli bene l'italiano.
1: Forse. (laughs) Sì, sì. Okay, so tu parli bene l'italiano, you speak good Italian, you speak Italian well. But if we were to introduce one of our subjunctive triggers, like penso che, I think that, could I say then, penso che parli bene l'italiano?
2: And that could also mean, uh, I think that you speak Italian well, or I think that he, she speaks Italian well.
1: So, because we've got the same word parli used for you, he, she, it, and also I, this is a really good example of a time that it is useful to use those subject pronouns. So, I would say, if I think that he speaks Italian well, I would say, penso che lui Parli bene l'italiano.
2: Esatto, sì. Obviously, the situation, the context can always help. If you're pointing at someone, it's clear that you're referring to a further uh, person. But for the avoidance of doubt, uh, it's okay to include uh, the subject pronouns.
1: Okay. So, what about if I were asking you, Francesca, do you think I speak Italian well?
2: Ah, that's a good question. So, pensi che... Io parli, again, we're using the same ending. Pensi che io parli l'italiano bene?
1: So it it feels a little odd to say io parli because we're so used to saying tu parli, but it is right and it is this idea that there's doubt involved or you're asking an opinion in this case, pensi che, do you think that io parli, subjunctive, l'italiano?
2: Okay. Perfetto.
1: Okay, so much for the singular forms, what about the plural forms, the noi, the voi and the loro forms?
2: Okay, another uh, good news because the noi form uses the same ending as the present indicative, so noi parliamo.
1: Okay, tutto bene. What about the voi form?
2: For the voi form, we need to make a slight change, again, if we are comparing the present indicative to the present subjunctive, so the present indicative for you all speak is voi parlate, the subjunctive um, has to add the j sound, so parliate.
1: Right, and that is just an I, the letter I in there, si. parliate.
2: Parliate. Penso che voi parliate bene l'italiano.
1: And, and it's similar to the U sound of the, the parliamo, but it's just, in this case, parliate, it ends with the T-E. Sì,
2: si, esatto.
1: And what about the they form?
2: The they form uses the ending ino. Ino. Ino, so, okay. Penso che loro parlino. Right. Bene, l'italiano.
1: So I think that they speak good Italian or they speak Italian well.
2: Yes, and we need to watch the accent there because we don't want to emphasise the ending, you know? probably the temptation is to say it wrongly, parlino, but it's actually the emphasis on the stem, parlino.
1: Exactly the same way as it would be with parlano.
2: Sì, exactly, the same logic. Okay,
1: so that is straightforward enough. And there's perhaps just one other thing that we need to remember about are verbs, and that's those ones which end in care or gare, because as soon as you're introducing eyes that we're seeing here with parliamo, parliate, parlino, mm, those eyes can cause us some problems with C's and G's.
2: Yes, exactly. because like uh, probably it's easier if our listeners visualize the endings for the, the are verbs in the present subjunctive, but the endings, uh, they all uh, begin with the letter I or the Italian E. So if we use a verb with the stem ending in C or G, there is a clash in sounds. And we need to add the famous H or H in order to keep the hard K or G sound throughout the conjugation.
1: Let's go through a full conjugation then of, I don't know, let's say, dimenticare.
2: So for the three person singular, dimentichi, 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 it's exactly the same. Then for the plural, dimentichiamo, dimentichiate, dimentichino.
1: That that last one is tricky. Let's let's see it one more time.
2: Dimentichino.
1: So we've got the stress on dimentichino. Sì. Um, it, it sounds a little bit odd, but it, it's correct. So I think that they forget, penso che loro dimentichino.
2: Si, sì, bravissimo, perfetto. And something useful that our listeners can do when practicing these verbs, when repeating aloud, is maybe learning them uh, adding ke before, because as we mentioned in the previous episode, uh, one of the most common triggers for the subjunctive is che, so we can also learn these verbs by saying che parli, che parli, che parli, che parliamo, che parliate, che parlino, or che io parli, che tu parli, che lui parli, so in a way that it becomes more automatic.
1: Okay, now that I'm guessing is the way you learned them when you were at school.
2: Uh, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so using that K will help you not only uh, remember that these are subjunctives and remember that you may have to make these special changes, but also you'll you'll be more authentic in your Italian learning because that's how Francesca learned them when she was at school.
2: Maybe things have changed now, I don't know. I should ask my <laughs> my younger cousins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so that is an are verb. Let's look at an ere verb, um, perhaps prendere.
2: Prendere, perfetto. So the ending for the three singular forms is A, or English A.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's something, again, we, we've come across this, as we, we mentioned last time, we've come across it in our formal commands. So if I, I tell you formally, and using the lay form, take this, prenda questo.
2: Bravissimo.
1: So, che io prenda, che tu prenda, che lui prenda.
2: Perfetto, Mark. Ottimo. Hai subito subito applicato la regola.
1: (laughs) And then what happens with our
2: our plural forms? So for the plural, uh, for the noi form, again, we use the same ending as the indicative, which is also the same that we have used for parlare. So prendiamo. It's identical. For the voi form, uh, we have again uh, this iate ending. So prendiate. And it's slightly different for the loro form. We have prendano. So we had INO before for ARE verbs. We have a slightly different ending for ARE verbs. Prendano.
1: But as I said, this is really another example of a pattern because with the ARE verbs, the singular forms end in the, the letter I. And then in the third person plural, we've got an I in there as well. AMI, AMINO. And here, In the eri verbs, the singular forms end in e, so prenda. And then the third person plural form also has that e in it, so prendano.
2: Perfetto, perfetto, Mark.
1: And we've got yet more good subjunctive news because the eri (laughs) forms, uh, like for for an eri verb, they follow the same pattern.
2: Yes, we are using exactly the same endings as the ere conjugation. So, ere and ere verbs in the present subjunctive follow exactly the same pattern.
1: So, let's go through that. Uh, Let's take seguire.
2: Seguire, okay. So, che io segua, che tu segua, che lui o lei segua, che noi seguiamo che voi seguiate, maybe it's a bit tricky to pronounce, che voi seguiate, and uh, eh, the loro form, che loro seguano. So again, we want to emphasize the stem when it comes to loro, che loro seguano.
1: Okay, so segua, 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 seguiamo, seguiate, seguano. Perfetto.
2: Bravissimo.
1: What about those ones in the ire forms that have the isc? you know, like finire?
2: Ah, bravo, Mark! That's a good point. I have I had forgotten about them. Uh, so the famous uh, isk verbs, uh, they also require the uh, isk when conjugated in the present subjunctive, only for the singular forms and the loro form.
1: Okay, so uh, let's just run through the full conjugation of finire in the present subjunctive, so that our listeners are familiar with this.
2: Okay, so finire is one of those uh, irreverbs verbs which require the addition of isk. So, che io finisca, che tu finisca, che lui o lei finisca. Then, noi and voi, no isk. So, che noi finiamo, che voi finiate. And back with isk for the loro form, che loro finiscano.
1: Okay, Francesca. For these verbs, we've seen that there are patterns and that we've seen that these first three uh, verbs in the singular, the first three forms in the singular remain the same. Then we've got an yamo, a yate, and either an INO or an ANO ending. Sí. And one of the good things about this is that we can apply that same pattern to irregular verbs. But the thing about the irregular verbs is that the stem is going to change in some way.
2: See, sí, see, sí, exactly, and I'm sure our listeners can already expect uh, which verbs uh, are going to be irregular, also in the subjunctive.
1: So what I suggest we do is take a couple of verbs, some common verbs, and go through the whole conjugation. But then we'll just introduce the stem for some other verbs, so that we're not spending ages on on this. Because I think again, it's sí. all based on patterns.
2: Okay, perfetto, ottima idea.
1: Let's take essere then.
2: Okay, essere is irregular as always and the subjunctive form is sia.
1: Sia. Okay, so this is something that we've come across before. We penso che tu sia something or other. Um, we've seen this many times.
2: See, si, it's one of those forms that really have to become uh, automatic in your mind. Penso che sia has to become second nature, really. You don't even have to think about that.
1: <laughs> exactly. So we can apply these endings and we will get then che io sia, che tu sia, che lui o lai sia che noi siamo, che voi siate, che loro siano.
2: Perfetto, bravissimo, Mark. È semplice, vero? È veramente
1: semplice, perché abbiamo fatto la stessa cosa. We've just done exactly the same as we did with our regular verbs, adding those endings to our stem. Let's do the same with avere.
2: Avere, okay, so uh, the subjunctive form is abbia, with a double B, abbia.
1: Again, something we've seen before, so... Um, Francesca, do you want to take the conjugation of this one?
2: Sì. Che io abbia. Che tu abbia. Che lui, lei abbia. Che noi abbiamo. Che voi abbiate. Che loro abbiano. And watch the emphasis there. Abbiano.
1: Perfetto. Okay. Um, Let's take a couple more and we'll go through the full conjugation. Let's take fare.
2: Okay, fare. So I can tell you that the uh, irregular form is faccia.
1: Okay. So what we we're going to do try? now? Well, I think our listeners are going to try this. So okay. let's let's go with the io. Che io faccia. Che tu faccia. Che lui o lei
2: faccia. <laughs>
3: che noi
2: facciamo. Che voi Facciate.
3: Anche loro.
2: Facciano. Perfecto. Yeah,
1: so really well done. Um, We hope that you got that all correct. I'm sure you did. Um, I don't want to go through all of the verbs in this way, but let's do one more with a full conjugation. And I think we'll do andare because that really is a a very common verb. And it's also something that we've heard again in our polite or formal uh, command forms.
2: Because this is also, as we know, uh, the formal imperative. So when we give uh, instructions for for directions, we say "vada dritto," and this is kind of borrowed from the from the subjunctive.
1: Okay, so we've got "che io vada," "che tu vada," "che lui o lei."
2: Vada! <laughs>
1: okay, now, what happens with uh, the, the noi form here? Because something slightly different happens.
2: Yes, we go back to the regular form. So, che noi andiamo.
1: And then, ke voi?
2: Andiate.
1: And following our pattern, we'll go back to the vad forms here and go to ke loro? Vadano. Okay, is there a way, Francesca, that we know whether a verb is going to kind of go back to its normal forms for the noi and the voi uh, versions?
2: Uh, Because usually andare follows this pattern also in the the indicative. If you remember, we say vado, vai, va, andiamo, andate, vanno. Mm -hmm. So it follows the same pattern that it would follow in the indicative form.
1: So the the same would happen with a verb, for example, like uh, uscire.
2: Uscire, bravissimo. If we think of the indicative for a moment, so forget the subjunctive, the indicative would be esco, esci, esce, and then back to regular, usciamo, uscite, and irregular again, escono. So we follow the same pattern for the subjunctive.
1: So we would have esca, 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 usciamo, usciate, Escano.
2: Perfetto, sí, bravissimo, Mark.
1: Okay, we're not going to go through all of these verbs, these irregular verbs in their subjunctive forms. There is a list of some of the most common ones in the the lesson notes for this episode, but we will also be experiencing them as we look at more examples. So anytime we come across an irregular one, we'll mention that specifically. Francesca, when do we use these present subjunctives?
2: Yes that that's a good uh, question comment mark because probably our listeners have already kind of guessed uh, why we have a present subjunctive but I think it's good to make it really clear and uh, and explicit because we will also see other tenses in the next few episodes so the main thing to take into account is what I would call the the temporal relationship in a way between the main clause and uh, and the, the the subordinate clause which is where normally the subjunctive uh, is uh. so <laughs> i know uh, it it's sounds a, bit... a
1: little complicated <laughs> doesn't it <laughs> i think maybe some examples will help when we've got the main clause and the subordinate clause the main clause if that's in the present then the subordinate clause is going to feature a subjunctive also in the present for example i think that Susanna, is twelve years old.
2: Okay, so here it's clear that the action of thinking and the the action or the fact of being twelve they both happen in the present. They're both happening now. So I'm I'm thinking about something that it's real now in the present, and that's why we're using the present subjunctive. So in this case, penso che Susanna abbia dodici. Anni.
1: So, abbia, of course, we're looking at avere there because when we're talking about age in Italian, we always use to have so many years. So, penso che Susanna abbia dodici anni. Okay, what about, for example, it seems that it's raining outside?
2: Okay, so sembra che, it's one of our triggers, sembra che fuori piova. We could also say stia piovendo to convey the idea of an action in process, but also, eh, piova. Sembra che fuori piova.
1: So, we've got piova, the normal subjunctive of piovere, or the alternative would be using stare and the gerund form. So, we would normally say sta piovendo, it is raining, but the the subjunctive form of stare is stia. So, sembra che fuori stia piovendo. Perfect. Uh, it seems that it's raining outside.
2: Molto bene. That
1: sometimes there is a... A little bit of a tricky thing because sometimes in English we use a sort of future idea for the second part, even though it really is, uh, in in Italian, a present and a present. I'm thinking of an example like, for example, um, do you hope that La Fiorentina will win?
2: Ah, sì, sì, La Fiorentina, okay, che bella squadra, (laughs) (laughs) mi piace. Yes, we can say speri che vinca la Fiorentina. And because in Italian, uh, uh, as it is the case with the indicative, we can use the the present tense with an idea of a future as well, if placed in the right uh, uh, context. We could also use the future, speri che vincerà la Fiorentina. That's also uh, okay. And we are okay to use the indicative of the of the future tense there.
1: In fact, there is not a, a future subjunctive in modern-day no, no Italian.
2: <laughs> no, maybe someone wants to invent it.
1: <laughs> I think we've got enough tenses with uh, the, the ones we already have. I don't think we need a, a future subjunctive right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, let's look at one other example. And I think this one is really interesting because... It's an example where we need to start to think a little bit in Italglese. We have to combine English and Italian a bit because English works differently to Italian in this context. If the sentence were, the teacher wants the children to listen to her attentively or carefully. Okay. In English, we're using the teacher wants, present tense, the children to listen to her, so, to listen, we've got an infinitive in there. But in Italian, that doesn't work.
2: No, we need to change the structure of uh, the sentence. So, every time you see uh, you have a vuole as a, a trigger of uh, of the subjunctive, you have to remember to change the structure. And as you said, Mark, what we want to say in it is that the teacher wants uh, that the children listen. And this listen has to be in the subjunctive triggered by the verb volere eh, attentively. So we can try and put it in good Italian. Okay. So La maestra.
1: Okay, la maestra, the teacher, uh, vuole che. She wants that. I bambini, the children. See. Si. Then listen to her. La ascoltino.
2: Bravissimo.
1: Attentamente, attentively. Perfetto. Okay. So, literally, we're saying the teacher wants that the children, her, they listen attentively.
2: Sì, sí, sí. Una struttura un po' diversa da quella inglese.
1: (laughs) And of course, we've got a nice, uh, a nice direct object pronoun. And it's a tricky one because that ascoltare qualcuno, we listen. Someone in in Italian is a direct construction, even though in English we say "listen to someone," and that kind of might make you think about the indirect.
2: See, si, but at this stage, I'm sure our listeners uh, know how to use the verb "ascoltare" correctly. I'm sure they do.
1: <laughs> Right, we've gone through quite a lot in this uh, explanation of the subjunctive. We'll be seeing more examples of this uh, in in future lessons, but I think it's now time to put some of this into practice with our conversation. And we'll do that after the break.
2: Okay. (laughs) In addition to the podcast version of Coffee Break Italian Season 3, we are also putting together a full course on the Coffee Break Academy, where you'll be able to access bonus materials to help you make even better progress with your Italian.
1: That's right. Not only will you be able to enjoy an ad-free audio version of each lesson, we'll also provide a bonus episode in which we'll go through every detail of the dialogues and a third episode for each lesson in which Francesca will be testing us with some translation challenges based on the lesson topic. Of course, there are comprehensive notes and a video version of each lesson too. Visit coffeebreakitalian.com and
0: follow the links for season three there.
1: Okay, Francesca, tell us about our conversation for today.
2: Okay, so today we are in a shop where we can hear a customer who is trying to find the right present for his mum's birthday.
1: Okay, and I'm guessing that there might be one or two subjunctives in here?
2: Good guess, Mark. We have a lot of uh, opinions going on, probabilities, uh, verbs of uh, wanting, because obviously uh, this customer is buying something, so he wants uh, something. So a lot of triggers for the subjunctive in general.
1: Ok, ascoltiamo la conversazione.
2: Buongiorno, posso esserle d'aiuto?
3: Buongiorno, avrei bisogno di un consiglio. Fra due giorni è il compleanno di mia madre, ma non saprei cosa regalarle.
2: Vediamo un po'. Allora, un foulard?
3: È una bella idea, ma penso che ne abbia già parecchi.
2: Che ne dice di un buon profumo?
3: Mi pare che non metta profumi. È allergica.
2: Ah, capisco. Mm, Non è facile.
3: Eh, lo so.
2: Forse un rossetto di una buona marca.
3: Credo che non le piacciano i rossetti e i trucchi in generale. È sempre stata una donna acqua e sapone.
2: Volevo proporle un mascara resistente all'acqua, ma a questo punto dubito che faccia il caso suo. Se ho capito bene, escludiamo sia i trucchi che i profumi.
3: Sì, se glielo regalo... È probabile che lei all'inizio faccia finta di essere al settimo cielo e poi lo lasci in un cassetto per anni.
2: Ah no, è importante che un regalo renda felice la persona che lo riceve e soprattutto è fondamentale che lo usi, altrimenti che senso ha?
3: Sono d'accordo.
2: Lei crede che un braccialetto d'oro fine fine possa essere un'opzione?
3: Ho paura che si arrabbi. Mia madre dice sempre di non spendere soldi per lei.
2: Tutte le mamme sono così, anche la mia è uguale. Lei pensa sempre di non meritare niente.
3: E invece con tutto quello che fanno per noi si meriterebbero di tutto e di più. Sa, questo è un compleanno importante per mia madre e voglio che lei senta l'affetto di tutta la famiglia.
2: Secondo me deve regalarle qualcosa di davvero speciale allora, qualcosa di unico.
3: Mi pare che ultimamente vada più spesso in palestra e si interessi di più alla sua salute.
2: Ah, questo è un dettaglio interessante.
3: Chiunque la conosca ha notato questo cambiamento nel suo stile di vita.
2: Allora, le propongo una di queste borracce termiche all'ultimo grido. Ce ne sono di tutti i colori ed è un accessorio che non può mancare nella borsa per la palestra.
3: Anche a me piacciono un sacco queste bottiglie riutilizzabili, ma mia madre ne avrà già una decina. Penso che abbia una sorta di ossessione per questo oggetto.
2: Credo di capire bene, anche mia sorella è un po' così... Anzi, è probabile che ne compri una proprio oggi, perché è andata alla fiera del fitness di Rimini. Ovunque vada, lei torna a casa con una nuova bottiglia riutilizzabile.
3: Ho paura di non uscire più da questa situazione.
2: Aspetti, ho avuto un lampo di genio. Le regali un massaggio. È utile... Non troppo costoso, può usarlo quando vuole e soprattutto non occupa spazio.
3: Mi sembra un'idea azzeccatissima.
2: Guardi, ecco qui un buono da 50 euro per un massaggio completo, più manicure, al centro benessere Oasi Relax.
3: Secondo me è perfetto, spero proprio che le piaccia.
2: Vedrà, non se ne pentirà.
1: I'm so glad they eventually found the, the correct present, the correct <laughs> gift for the mother.
2: Sì, a preoccuparci un pochino.
1: Okay, so what has been happening in this conversation? Can you summarize it in English for us?
2: Sì, as we said, we have a customer going to a shop to buy a birthday present for his mum.
1: And the shopkeeper begins by suggesting a, a, a scarf, but I think she's already got quite a few scarves.
2: See, and uh, it's not easy to find the right present because the mum seems to be allergic to perfumes and she also doesn't use makeup uh, at all.
1: Yeah, I think uh, they suggested like a a type of mascara. Um, But then I think the, the, the customer was concerned that she would say, oh, that's lovely, thank you very much, but then leave it lying in the drawer forever.
2: And the shop assistant uh, uh, rightly stresses the fact that a present should make someone happy and also be be useful, otherwise there there wouldn't be any point in getting someone uh, a present. Uh,
1: Another suggestion was uh, like a golden bracelet, but that didn't seem to go down well either.
2: Uh, no, because uh, uh, the mom doesn't want her, her family to spend too much money on her, apparently. <laughs> Although the client, uh, the customer, I should say, uh, thinks uh, that um, his mom deserves uh, much and uh, it's also uh, a special birthday uh, for her.
1: That's right. He then uh, suggests uh, a particular area which may give some, some inspiration for a, for a gift. And that's the fact that she's been uh, getting interested in her health and well-being recently.
2: See, that's why the shop assistant suggests a reusable bottle kind of thing. (laughs) And uh, apparently this is a must-have for anyone going to to the gym these days.
1: The customer himself likes these bottles, but apparently his mum already has many of them. Uh, It's a bit like an obsession.
2: Yes, and the same is true for the shop assistant's uh, sister, uh, who happens to be at the fitness fair <laughs> in, uh, in Rimini. <laughs> and she's very likely to come back home with another of these bottles.
1: Okay, so what did they eventually decide on? They, they did come up with a, a particular gift then and everyone thought it was the perfect option.
2: Yeah, they decided to go for a 50 euro voucher for, for a massage and it seems to be a good present because it's not too expensive, it doesn't take up any space and it can be used at any time.
1: So I think at the end, the, both the customer and the shop assistant feel that this is the perfect solution and everyone's happy and hopefully uh, the customer's mother will enjoy the massage.
2: Sì, speriamo. Tanti auguri.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's almost it for this episode. We will, of course, go through the conversation in detail in our bonus episode. But before we finish, there's just time for ancora una cosina.
2: Sì, come sempre, la nostra cosina finale.
1: And what do you have for us today, Francesca?
2: Ok, la cosina di oggi, Mark, is something we have mentioned in, uh, in a different series. I think uh, it was uh, in the magazine years ago, but uh, it's worth mentioning it again because it's such a, a lovely idiomatic expression which everyone can, can use.
1: Ok, and that expression is?
2: A cavallo nato. Non si guarda in bocca.
1: Right, so this is the expression that is the equivalent of the English expression, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Sì, bravissimo. And I think this would be the case if if the, the mother was given any of the presents, she should just say thank you <laughs> and, and, and not comment on it.
2: Sì, esatto, esatto, ma speriamo che, che la signora della conversazione sia... Contenta invece. Uh,
1: there we go, a lovely subjunctive, Francesca. <laughs> Speriamo che sia contenta. We hope that she is happy. Uh, subjunctive there of essere. That is where we're going to leave this episode. We hope that you've enjoyed uh, learning a little more about the subjunctive. It's been a long one, but we've covered quite a lot of important stuff in here. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, grazie mille e alla prossima.
2: A presto. Ciao, ciao.
1: You have been listening to a Coffee Break Languages production for the Radiolingua Network. Copyright 2022, Radiolingua Limited. Recording copyright 2022, Radiolingua Limited. All rights reserved.
0: Planning for your next trip?